Welcome to Removing the Plank podcast, a podcast about putting ourselves in someone else's shoes. Removing the Plank is a biblical quote that is about the process of taking a good look at your own life, including the dark side of it, before you start judging how others are living their own life. And sometimes it starts with being more understanding of the world around us. Today, my guest is here to talk about her life experience as a trans woman. I've been blessed to meet and get to know Izzy through online communication within our own niche community, maybe not so niche anymore, the world of racing drones. Now, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, Izzy. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really happy. Uh, it's episode two of the podcast. Uh, first one was in March, I think. <laughs> um, but you know, it's season one and I knew I would be inconsistent, but I am really happy you're here for episode two and we're gonna, we're gonna do this. It's really cool. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, ha I'm really happy that you uh, thought to bring me on. It's really awesome. Yeah, well, you know, I, I had lots of ideas for different episodes and then I'm like, oh, but I would really like to have you again because you've been on my other podcasts and mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed having you as a guest in there. And I'm thinking, why am I waiting? Why am I delaying? Let's just do it now. It's easier. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's let's get started. Um, I have a couple of questions for you today. Um, I have written them down and um, we can we can go through them. Anything you want to add on top of what I'm asking, feel free to do it. Uh, I'm sure the audience will be interested. So my first question to start this episode is um, if you had to describe your life in terms of major chapters or milestones, whether it's personal, you know, or family life, education, work life, any major life events or changes that you want to talk about, what would, would these chapters be about? So there, there's definitely a few uh, vastly different like stages of my life. Um, I think kind of the way that I would quantify them, um, mm -hmm. actually did like write down some notes because I did go through some of the questions here just to make sure I was like ready. But um, mm -hmm. I would say like, I, I definitely have like early life, like the, the innocent years, the uh, the years where I kind of just like existed as a child and didn't really have much to worry about um, in terms of really anything. Um, and that I would say that was like the first 10 years of my life. Um, I have then I have like my early teens, which I kind of quantify as like um, when I kind of realized I was like part of like the trans community. Um, mm -hmm. And I started, like, kind of seeing that. I started, like, coming into myself, kind of realizing, like, my own identity and stuff like that. Um, and kind of, like, the, the chapters of my life definitely kind of are separated in kind of stages of, like, my transition. Is kind of, like, where I would create the chapters, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say early teens, I had, like, a realization stage. And then in my later teens, early 20s, I had, like, the, the your classic, like, denial stage. And that was kind of, like, that was, like, my, my kind of gym rat stage. Like, I ended up going to the gym. I ended up, like, hyper-masculinizing. -mascul Masculinizing? Words are hard. I ended up <laughs> being, like, pretty much hyper-masculine, kind of the exact opposite of what I wanted to be. Um, and after, like, a couple years of that, there's another chapter where I had, like, kind of my relapse, I would call it. Um, where I kind of just couldn't keep faking things and kind of just realized yet again 
like who I was. Um, and it was very interesting and it was it was a kind of like a big mental hit it was weird like realizing these kind of things um mm -hmm. i'd say the chapter after that was like kind of around like the covid times like 2020 mm -hmm. which is when i was able to it's when i started working from home i was able to really come into myself because i had an entire year to kind of just figure out who i was mm -hmm. um so i had like a year or two total of just like just figuring myself out and being able to be within my own head and within my own identity was really big in those years um and then i'd say my my final life chapter is is this year is like my my hot girl summer where i'm like really coming <laughs> into myself i'm i i just got a new job i just handled like a bunch of my um identity papers so like my name has been changed legally and like a bunch of like really mm. good positive moves have happened this year in my life so it's this this is this one is being deemed the hot girl summer. <laughs> That's a good title. <laughs> um, AJ, like in a, in the same sense of this question, you know, uh, I'm I'm adding a mini one in that same segment. You know, like every every one of us, you, you had to go to school, you you had to uh, to get an education, you had to start working. Um, how how did you manage doing all this while your sense of self was? you know, all the time at the back of your head and you had to to manage that in the background. How how did you get through all these stages of early life? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's an interesting one. Um so my my number one method when I was younger was definitely just denial. Um I kind of just ignored it for a long time. Um And when I was younger, like I, I mentioned, I had like a I had like a gym stage where I went like hyper masculine and all that. So my method would, was always kind of just ignore it and then kind of blend in and do like mm -hmm. what people almost or at least what I perceived people expected of me. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't always line up with what people actually do expect of you. But um, I definitely just did a lot of what people well, or at least what I think people perceived or what I perceive people expected of me. Um, so for a really long time, I kind of just lived my life without even paying attention to it. Um, okay. And honestly, for the longest time, it was, I think what really hit me on it was that doing that for so long made me very unhappy. Yeah. So I was kind of ignoring it. I was pretending it didn't exist. And I was going through school, I was going through jobs, and I was going through life just doing what I thought was expected of me and I was very unhappy. Mm. So the the denial didn't work. Like you think it was working, mm. pushing it, but at the end of the day, it was being sad all the time. Yeah. At the end of the day, like the denial definitely just at, in, at like the end of the day, really just negatively impacted me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to my second question, um, because we haven't, really talked about this yet in this episode so if you had to explain in your own words the concept of cis and trans to someone who has never heard about it um how, how would you describe that yeah absolutely so it's actually pretty easy um trans is just somebody who personally identifies differently from the uh sex they were born at birth so like say like we use myself for example like i was born as a man um and at birth you know society tells you oh you're born with these bits therefore you are a boy you are a man mm. 
um, somebody who is trans simply goes, I personally don't identify that way. I feel more feminine in my body, or I don't feel like I adhere to masculine or feminine. And they basically just say the, I, the social idea of like gender for me is different from what I was born as. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially trans and cis is just the opposite of that. It's just means you were born a man. You feel like you're a man or you're mm-hmm. born a woman. You feel like you're a woman and that's, and that's how you feel comfortable and you're good in that. Mm. And, and the feeling of, of not being aligned or, uh, for better for better words for not being cis and for being, for for realizing that what society tells you to be is not who you are um can can translate through different different ways like um i i understand that um but correct me if i'm wrong some people have different degrees of how they want to identify as the other gender or no no gender um how 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 is it in your case uh, if you're comfortable talking about this yeah, no, I completely am actually. Um, and you're you're completely correct. There are so many different ways that people can um, kind of identify and present and show that how they kind of like how they are within themselves. Um, like for me, we can use me as an example. I mean, it works because I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't present hyper feminine. Um, and I feel like a lot of people almost expect like hyper femininity from somebody who says that like they're a trans woman or something like that. Um, I definitely present like femininely. I definitely have like feminine traits and I probably lean more feminine than I do masculine, but I'm probably just a little bit like femme from center, (laughs) if (laughs) if that makes any sense. Like, um, I'm, I'd almost consider myself more like sporty, more like if like whatever the word tomboy means is probably more Mm -hmm. aligned with me um and i kind of just you know because i have a lot of male friends and i'm definitely like a little a little bit bro-y with them (laughs) you you know i get along (laughs) with a lot of my male friends pretty well and i i definitely feel like i'm just not very hyper feminine um and some people Mm -hmm. are some people are still trans like some people can still be trans women and, and be like very masculine presenting because yeah. um, your like gender identity and your gender presentation can even be different. So totally. like you have masculine women, so you're gonna have masculine trans women. Like it, it's a thing. It's like how you identify, how you present, and how you were born can all be completely different from each other. Yeah, it it makes totally sense. Like it's true that you said that some people who um, would expect they would expect that um, a trans person is is really you know, fully embracing all the codes of the gender <laughs> they want to be. But codes are, are, are not working for cis people as well. You know, I'm, I'm a cis woman and I don't think I am hyper feminine. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I've always been just just like you. Uh, I've always done lots of sports activity. I've always uh, had male friends and female friends who were just like me, you know, so... um it's uh, it's very interesting that there are expectations as well. Like you, you can, you cannot really transition in pace either. You're just like I don't want to be exactly what you expect me to be, either. You know. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting point of view, and it's a little bit the same um, about sexuality as well. Um, I have realized that some people cannot comprehend that some trans people are 
attracted to the same gender as well. So that trans woman can still be attracted to women. And um, is there anything you want? Like you. (laughs) So is there anything you want to add to explain? Maybe don't have to go into details or, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, but to explain that concept as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it it really just goes in the in the same way as like anyone else who identifies as cis or like is just identifies the gender they were born as you have straight people you have bi people you have gay people you have anyone who falls within any other part of that spectrum um and it it kind of goes the same like for me where i've noticed a lot of people when they see somebody saying oh i'm a trans woman they expect them to have to be attracted to men (laughs) and you know, some are, there's no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like you're attracted to who you're attracted to. And, but in the same hand, I know a lot of trans women um, and trans men who just are attracted to nobody. They're completely asexual or aromantic. And mm-hmm. I know some people who are, I mean, it, it gets really deep into weird, like, not like weird, but like different terms. Like, where I know some people who are like, they, would count themselves as homosexual like they identify as a woman and they're attracted to women but they also mm-hmm. then count themselves as like pan romantic where they're mm-hmm. only sexually attracted to women but romantically they're attracted to uh, like different genders so yeah. it really kind of gets pretty muddy and a, and a bit um it can be a bit confusing if you try to apply words to everything or yeah. if you try to give a definition or a label to things, it does become pretty difficult um, because we're starting to realize just how wide the spectrum can be. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, with myself, for example, there's not even really a word, I don't think, for what I would count as because I am attracted to both genders or, like, mm-hmm. all genders, whether you're, like, male, female, non-binary, or anything else in between. But the thing that works for me is i usually go for like femininity so mm-hmm. like feminine women uh feminine men or feminine envies is kind of like where i lean so my attraction is less about your gender and more about presentation mm. um yeah and there's you know a lot of people who fall within the same kind of idea so it's attraction is weird and a lot of people end up trying to say instead of putting a word to it i'm just gonna say hey that person's attractive and that one's not to me you know (laughs) because it gets so confusing after a while yeah i i wonder sorry if you hear some noises my dogs are just playing in the background as usual (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um uh, yeah it's, it's interesting that people really want labels um i feel like that's another topic but i've always thought this was a lot uh, it has a lot to do with people who have neurotypical brains instead of neurodivergent, where we're a bit more like, yeah, I don't maybe, or maybe we need to be more specific. Actually, that's a good. Anyway, that's another topic. But um, uh, I find it that the more we try to put terms on feelings, the more some people find it even more difficult to understand the concepts. Um, to me, it would be so much easier if you were like, I, I am a human and I love some humans or all humans <laughs> you know it's just it's not that deep <laughs> um, right but but why do you think these concepts and those labels are so hard sometimes for some people to understand do you think they it's because they really don't they cannot comprehend or identify with those concepts or it's also a will to not want to understand um you know, I don't think it's either. I think 
I think most people generally actually don't it's not that they like I think that generally speaking most people are not malicious most people do want to understand most people do want to you know be kind and and see the way that you see the world and most people really do want to like be a part of that I think that most people do want to understand um and it's kind of that positive light that I try to look at everything with and in that sense I think it makes it hard for some people sometimes because when they see the concept of like transness or any sort of member of like the LGBTQ community, they see so many labels, they see so many terms. And I think at some people think they need to just be familiar with all of them right off the bat. And mm-hmm. I think they, I think people get caught up on the labels. I think people get caught up on different concepts that they're unfamiliar with and they kind of get overwhelmed with all the different ways people can identify all the different ways people can present and they start to just get like overwhelmed with labels whereas i think a lot of times labels can make things really confusing um Mm -hmm. in the same hand i think labels are a really good way for people to make sense of themselves and it helps them Mm -hmm. find a way to figure themselves out but when it comes to like somebody outside looking into the community it can definitely make it a lot they think that in order to understand like the lgbtq community they have to take like a college course or something to you know (laughs) to understand all the different terms and a lot of times with my friends one of the things i like to do is i just tell them like ignore all the words Hmm. like let's just me and you sit down and let's talk no words no labels nothing weird let's just talk about stuff and i guarantee you by the end of this you'll have a much better idea of what's going on and i think it's just like yeah people definitely just think it's it's a different world when it's not it's just it's the same exact world it's it's the same friends you've talked to the whole time and it's just i think people get overwhelmed with labels and words and concepts and mm. it just becomes a lot do you think it's more of an adult thing to over process and want to to put information in boxes whereas um as children if we were brought up with all these concepts you know, mm-hmm. initially not complicated. It would just be a lot easier to integrate in the first place. Yeah, I think when you become an adult, you start to become so busy with like your life, your job and everything that you need to do that labeling things and compartmentalizing things and putting things in pretty little boxes makes it so you can deal with your life a lot easier. It makes it so you can organize your thoughts, you can organize ideas and you can organize your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of makes it a little difficult for people as well because most people just want to wake up do their job and get through the day they just want to survive one more day and now they're seeing all these different terms and they're seeing all these different things that they need they think they need to like understand and they think they need to be like a professional on like our labels and our terms and that's simply not true they don't have to and Mm. i don't want someone to think speaking to me or being my friend is going to have to add a mental burden to their already busy life, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of the times I kind of reject labels. Um, not, of course, mm-hmm. not all trans people are the same way as me. I'm definitely like, I feel like I have a pretty interesting mindset on a lot of things that does not apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I try to see it through the lens of both sides that somebody outside the community isn't necessarily malicious they're probably just tired 
they're so <laughs> busy you know like, so many people are <laughs> yes and yeah. yeah so i just i i try to make things as easy as i can it's very considering as well from you and but i have a feeling that even even if some other people are slightly more attached to labels or things that no one on the you know the, in the lgbtq community um is very closed-minded and, and, you know, there always will be some people who, you know, like everybody are closed-minded, but very understanding in general. And that's what happens, I, I assume, when you when you come from, I don't like saying minority, I like saying perceived min minority, because <laughs> I don't think mm -hmm. it's a minority. Um, but I think that's what happens when you come from a perceived minority. You you are used to also not always being understanding. And I think in, in return, it makes you more of an empathetic, understanding person. Um so I understand where you where you come from. Um, Absolutely. I I do have another question. Um, so when when did you realize that the oh, we we sort of covered it actually because you said uh, it was more uh, through your chapters you realized that the definition and concept of trans individual applied to you. Um, but how did you? If you want to dive a bit more into it, I know you said you were a bit in denial and tried to be hyper masculine. But how did you see and think about yourself prior to this when you were not trying to deny it? How did you question your sense of self? Yeah, no, absolutely. So like, um, I just i guess just to like reiterate a little bit on like what i mentioned earlier um a lot of like when i realized it was probably like around the age like 14 15 um mm -hmm. around that time and it was kind of like sort of born from just perceiving myself and like looking at myself in the mirror and kind of just realizing that i wasn't the person i really felt like i was mm -hmm. um And I always kind of, because of that, just thought of myself as just a person kind of going through the motions um, because I always kind of, it's, it's a really weird feeling to explain and it's incredibly difficult to explain, but I kind of felt like I was in the wrong body, mm -hmm. if that makes sense at all. Um, but I would always like, I would always like look at my friends, um, like my female friends, and I would kind of always be jealous of like how much fun they could have, like with their, like with their different like clothing, how they could present themselves. And I was always just very jealous of them in general, in, in their entirety, like just the mm -hmm. life they led, the, like how they looked and how they dressed and how they were with each other and, and so many different aspects of just them. And when I would, then later on like look at myself it just felt like something was wrong and this was really early in life where i didn't actually know that transness was a thing mm -hmm. so i didn't have this goes back to labels i didn't have a word for what i was feeling i didn't understand what my like thought process even meant so i just for the longest time thought i was just being weird like I would I would almost gaslight myself and mm. I just think to myself like why are you thinking this way why do you feel that way like you're strange stop it and I kind of like I gaslit myself to just try to be quote-unquote normal um because I didn't even know like what trans meant I didn't know what trans people were I didn't even understand that concept I grew I grew up in a very like 
I mean, like I'm in a northern state in the United States, but I grew up in like a very, very like southern part of that mm -hmm. state. So like I was surrounded by like very masculine men and very feminine women. And they were just like, that's who you were. That's what you did. So I didn't even know that trans people existed. So like looking mm -hmm. at myself in the mirror and going, I feel like I'm in the wrong body almost made me feel like I was like a freak or something. <laughs> And I spent mm -hmm. years just like gaslighting myself into that. And that's when I went like hyper masculine because I was just like, this is wrong. I shouldn't be this way. And that's what led me to like swing in the complete opposite direction. So you almost tried to like convert yourself <laughs> to do an auto persuasion. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. You know, there was this big uh, debate uh, in Australia um, that I'm not super familiar about it but you know it's about all these conversion conversion therapies um and it's usually pushed by you know certain people and um I, I, they don't work you know like it's not it's not hard it to understand because um i am pretty sure um that other friends that i know who you know are in, in the L lgbtq community um they they have tried to 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 fit the what was expected and they didn't need therapy they tried themselves you know and, and um it didn't work <laughs> surprise surprise so yeah um surprise it's, surprise it's, right uh, yes um so okay that's that's uh, i guess that's that's interesting um that you know an another another feedback from you is that you wanted to do the, the right thing, quote unquote, and and, mm -hmm. and still still didn't work. So if someone had tried to help you, it would it would not have worked either, I suppose. So <laughs> it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so the the next question is is currently how how do you see and think about yourself? It's so. And like I I I read over these questions before we even got on the onto the. Uh, to like sit down and start recording and that question mm -hmm. was kind of the one that like hit me as the most difficult mm -hmm. and it's it's such a I like I see myself as just like correct like mm -hmm. I've over the last couple of years I've been able to really just like open up into myself and I remember when I started transitioning I almost I almost still I I yet again almost gaslit myself a little bit into thinking that now that I'm trans, I need to be hyper-feminine. I need to do every little thing. And even at like the beginning of my transition, like it felt more correct, but I was still slightly uncomfortable because I was like kind of transitioning in a way that didn't feel 100% correct to me. I was doing what I thought you were supposed to do to transition. And I'd say I corrected that pretty quickly. Um, thankfully, I'd say like within like a couple months from starting, I started to realize like, no, I don't need to do all of that. I can just kind of transition my way. Um, hmm. I can present how I want to present. I can dress how I want to dress. I can behave how I want to behave. And it's kind of how I fell into my like current presentation where like, yeah, I'm a little bit more f like femme than I used to be, but I still just 99% of the time wear a t-shirt and jeans. I just kind of exist. I don't, I don't like hyper feminize myself for for any other reason other than like sometimes I'll do that if I just like feel like dressing up and having fun like if I'm going mm -hmm. out or something to the city I'll like dress up a little bit more and I'll have fun with it but that's I do that because I want to have fun not because I feel like I'm supposed to you know 
So a lot lately, I've just been feeling like what I'm, how I am now and how I present now is just correct. I feel comfortable. I feel, I feel like me. That's what matters. Um, and I, for what I, for, for what it's worth, that's only my opinion. I'm saying it's the truth. But I feel like, in general, society has a tendency to to push hyper feminization of women in general, whether it's cis or trans women. As a cis woman, I've always felt like I wasn't feminine enough. And mm-hmm. and it's funny because I can relate to you when I go out. I I get my heels, I get my dress, you know, I put my makeup on and it's fun because, you know, I don't I don't know, I feel like I'm getting ready for something if even if it's just to go eat dumplings. Um and but I, I couldn't do that all the time. It's not me. It's go out, mm-hmm. party me. But the real me is a lot more, you know, neutral or you know, like I've I've always felt that I didn't need to show that I was a woman, and uh, lots of my friends are like this. They they do the same when they go out, and um, so sometimes I wonder, you know, if if uh, the hyper feminization in general that is expected from trans people is also because in general it's expected from cis cis women as well. And I wonder how it is to, and I might try to get a guest um, in the future, how it is to to be a trans man and how you feel. Um, the need to present to society, I feel like that would be a, an interesting question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and it actually is exactly what you just said, where when you are a trans person, you are almost immediately hit with the expectations of your, like your uh, presenting gender. So like for myself, I am like my, my gender is female. I present as a woman um, I am 100% hit by the societal struggles of cis women. Like, and that's exactly where mm-hmm. it stems from. Um, so everything that I am experiencing is not just a trans thing. Absolutely not. It is 100% just, it's just what cis women experience. And then it just now gets applied to me as well. And the same thing goes for uh, trans men. I, I do know a few trans men as well. Um, and they are absolutely hit with like the societal expectations of men. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, yeah. And it's funny because in, in some ways it's like, hell yeah, that that's kind of validating <laughs> in its own way. But, and then at the same time, you're like, it's almost like, yeah, I experienced misogyny. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> it's like strangely validating but like terrible at the same time it's it's funny can i can i confide you something um like i in the fpv community uh for for a certain time the female pilots um used to receive certain spe- specific pictures oh i need to to precise first fpv is what uh, easy and i are doing as a hobby we're doing racing drones and fpv stands for first person view because we're wearing goggles Anyway, that was just a quick clarification, but um, it's a it's a largely male dominated hobby, as you can imagine. And um, the few female pilots that merged at the start um, used to receive in their DMs specific anatomy pics from <laughs> from male, and uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, uh, <laughs> and I never got one. I never had one, and strangely, I was like. Why am I not getting? <laughs> and I was like, I, I didn't feel 
validated and it's funny that you, you just said when you get the misogyny you feel validated and I was like oh wh wh why am I not getting any <laughs> so you know it's it's interesting how how our brain process information <laughs> absolutely and it's it is so funny because like it's it's a negative it's a negative trait and it's a negative uh experience of like the gender that you have but it's like when you don't get it you're like is there something wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly that's what happened to me but you know i got over it and i'm like ah i guess it's a good thing <laughs> so um interesting um how so more specifically uh linked to the the previous question um when you started being seen different did that beside feeling oddly validated um did that help you or were you already aware of the struggle that women were going through or did that help you understand it even more so i mean i i like to say that when i was like not presenting as female and not seeing my like haven't transitioned yet and didn't realize like really who i was yet i like to think i was pretty at least as aware as i could be of mm -hmm. like women's struggles in life and obviously like without living it directly you can only be so aware um mm -hmm. and i like to think that i was i was pretty well versed in like what was going on um mm -hmm. and then as i transitioned i started to realize like one yes i was aware of a good amount of the struggles but it it really does bring into perspective everything you thought you knew and now everything that you do now now um mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, I don't know, it, it was weird. Like, I, again, like, I always I always thought I had a, a generally decent idea, but I didn't think I was, like, cocky about it. Like, I always thought, like, oh, there's obviously a bunch of things I can't 100% experience. Um, so, like, I'm aware of these struggles, but I'll never fully feel them. And now that I am, like, presenting female, I do experience a lot of these struggles in the same way. But strangely, because of the way society sees trans people... I still don't fully experience a lot of the struggles. And I think the fact is I never will. And, you know, firstly, that's okay with me. <laughs> like, if, if I get a few less struggles in life from one side, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but there's still definitely, like, I still feel like there's definitely some struggles that are experienced by cis women that I feel like, you know, some other trans women may experience, but I don't. Okay. Um, And, I mean, I guess one of them is definitely childbirth. Like, I'll never experience that. But, um, yeah, so it's interesting. It's it's definitely, like, opened up my eyes, like, living more as female because there are, like, more – I get more instances of, like, misogyny within my life. I get more instances of people not taking me seriously for my opinion. Um, mm. And it's it's very interesting, like, the, the juxtaposition between what I, what I previously thought I knew and what I now know. Um, they were pretty close, I'd say, but there, there are some vast differences in what I now understand. And it's, mm. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So what are actually the, the main struggles or challenge you, you're facing or you have been facing, um, as, as you, <laughs> as your identity? Um, yeah, a lot of the struggles and, and this will probably really only apply to like trans women. Um, mm -hmm is as I was like coming out like to my like friends and family it was interesting because like 
pretty much all my friends were completely accepting and some of them even looked at me and they were like yep saw that coming we knew before you and <laughs> which was like kind of adorable but then i had like some members of my family who were just really put off by the idea and i had an interesting mix um so some of the struggles that i started with when all of this started coming out was people some people almost like tried to imply that i was like some sort of predator oh. or i was like being gross or just doing it to get the attention of women and it's just like kind of really disgusting that somebody would even like imply that but so that that's kind of a lot of the stuff that like there there's a different kind of struggle that when you're like coming out as trans and where you haven't yet gotten to the point where you start to feel misogyny but you start to feel attacked from like probably people within your family first who mm. think you're just being like a creep and mm. it's it's incredibly difficult to deal with if your only support system you have is your family um i thankfully had more than that like because when i started i i was i was like in fpv at the time i had like all my friends who like were in the drone community who were like strangely supportive even though like as you mentioned earlier it's a very like cis male dominated field um but I had like my friends and all that who were incredibly supportive of me and my job at the time that I had was also incredibly supportive and had zero issues with it um but yeah my my family was a little they were not cool with it some people like my mm -hmm. my my mother and father were completely fine it it mm -hmm. thankfully didn't come from them they were actually wonderful the entire time but I'd say my extended family, like aunts and uncles and stuff, they have been very strange about it. And it's been a bit of a struggle there. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's been a little hard, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we get past that. Yeah. Okay. Family is family. Um, and, and whether we, we don't always choose our family either. So we can't, can't choose who we are coming out to and how they're going to mm -hmm. react. Whereas at least sometimes we have more luck with our friends because we chose them in the first place and we knew they would probably be okay with how we think in general. <laughs> um, Absolutely. It's good that um, your parents were supportive as well and were there for you because, you know, parents are a big figure in someone's life. So it's um, it's good that this happened that way um any positive experience on the other hand if if that is possible <laughs> um actually yes um i'd say that most of my positive experiences are actually linked around like my my direct friend group and mm -hmm. like the fpv community um I think, ironically, being in FPV, which, you know, again, to reiterate, very cis male dominated, is, was very surprising in how accepting it was. Um, there were a lot of people, especially within my direct group, and as you know, like, people like Bot and all them, who were completely accepting, and, like, mm. zero hesitation, just, like, saw me as who, as who I was, 100% accepted me, and not only accepted me but also like went to bat for me like basically said like anyone who's ever got a problem with you like we got you 
and so it was it was not only just like support and acceptance it was like people coming to my defense which was mm. really awesome um and then like even from there just like a lot of like really positive experiences i've had were, were like the feeling you get when you for the first time kind of see yourself in the mirror which is like it's it's funny because it's not something that happens right away i'd say the first time i actually ever saw myself and felt comfortable in who i saw in the mirror was probably like a month ago mm. and i've been transitioning for a solid three years now so mm. it's like one day you're just kind of minding your own business and and you're just doing whatever and you like step into the bathroom or you step in front of your vanity or something like that and you see yourself in the mirror and it, it's like a wave hits you because you're like, wow, that's actually like, that's me. I'm looking back at myself. Like that is, that's the real me. Mm. And that was a pretty recent experience for me. And that was like completely surreal. Because like for the longest time I had like an idea of what, like of who I wanted to be and who I not, like I, I wasn't that person yet. And then very recently I just, I looked and I saw myself and it was really wonderful. It was huge. <laughs> It was a giant <laughs> moment for me. Wow. That made me think of, because um, I'm really big about therapy in general and seeing, you know, uh, professionals, um, which everybody, in my opinion, should do because we all have things we need to Absolutely. work out on. Um, mm -hmm. For me, my, my, my self-esteem, which is not really what you have experienced, you know, prior to transitioning, it's different um but has always been really low i think by nature and also by nurture <laughs> um oh. and <laughs> yeah um but for me it was easy to find a therapist who could understand you know how i was thinking and uh, as a cis woman could give me tips and advices on how to accept myself as who i am and that it's okay that speaking about being hyper Femin femi feminizing um, our aspects, you know, telling me that doesn't have to be this way if I don't want to be like this. Um, how do you think the experience for trans people and, as in your case, trans women would be talking to therapists? Have you ever tried and do you think that would be complicated? Yes and no. So, so to answer the first part of that question, yes, I have I have gone to therapy. I have spoken to professionals, um, and I'd say it really just I think it's as difficult to find a good therapist for like to talking about trans issues as it is with really probably any other any other issue because I feel like searching for a therapist is kind of just not fun mm. for anyone for any mm -hmm. for any issue. I don't I don't think transness is really exclusive in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I think probably finding a therapist to help you with your, like, gender identity is probably just as difficult with somebody who can genuinely help you with, like, depression or self-esteem or self-image. I ended up, I was speaking to one therapist before who I just didn't meld with much. And, and that's okay. That was neither, that was neither their fault or my own. It was kind of just like, we didn't, we kind of just didn't meld with each other. And that was okay. So we, we parted ways. <laughs> um completely professionally and we we just you know we called it that and a little bit after that ended up finding um a therapist in in philly because well strangely philly is wonderful for very good therapists um 
and end up finding like a queer therapist in Philly who, um, they were, they were like a non-binary therapist. They, you know, were very open about like the LGBTQ community, very open about like their place in that community and really wonderful, not just as somebody who can help you like figure out your own identity, but also just generally a wonderful human being who was able to help me through many other aspects of life, not even just like my transness or identity. Um, so I, I talked to them for quite a while and they were an absolutely wonderful human, such a good bean. And, and I wish mm -hmm. them all the best. I'm, I'm not currently going um, to see them at the moment, but mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're always on my mind. And if I ever had to go back to see anyone, I'd go to them again. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting, like, basically just like to reiterate what I said at the beginning and it's 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 not really I don't think finding a therapist that can help you with identity is really much harder than finding somebody who can just help you with depression I think I think mm. it's just it's hard to find somebody who's good that fits with you no matter what therapy is yeah. a little difficult and it can be a little daunting at, at the start but once you find someone who meshes with you it's it's a fantastic experience yeah definitely um mm -hmm. how, how can i ask how how you found them were you just it was it luck or were you recommended or how, how did you find the right person <clears throat> at some stage um it was kind of just luck ended up finding them online mm. yeah 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 actually the, uh, fir the first person i went to go see was recommended to me and that's the one that i didn't really meld with very much <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting how not everybody works um for everybody. <laughs> I would mm -hmm. recommend my therapist to so many people, but I know she comes across as a, as a strong woman from, you know, Europe. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe it doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so do you wish there were certain things your younger self had known? And how do you think this knowledge would have impacted your life then and now? I do. Um, I think everybody always thinks they, that there was something like their younger self knew then. And if there was anything that I would want my younger self to know is definitely that just like the idea of transness existed. Mm. I wish that, and I'm, I'm going to say I wish he knew because at the time I was presenting as a male, but I wish he knew that like what he was feeling was okay. Um, yeah. I wish he knew that it was normal and I wish he knew that like he could have experimented with all this without necessarily having to come out to the family. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I also wish that like my younger self understood that like gender and biology are different and the way I'm feeling doesn't have to adhere to what I was born with. Um, but then in the same hand, it's like, I, w I wish my younger self knew all these things, but at the same time, I know that every little life experience I had along the way, every struggle, every every tiny thing that I did and I experienced turned me into who I am today. Yeah. And I wonder if I would have been a different person if I had known all that then. Mm. I know that I would have probably transitioned earlier and I probably would have been happier in my transition a little bit earlier, but would I have been the same person? And it's difficult because... I really do like where my life is at. I'm I'm lucky enough to say that like where I am right now is a pretty wonderful place and I don't know if I'd want to be somewhere else, you know? Mm. So. 
It's, I see all the things that I would have wanted to be different, but I'm not sure if changing them would have been worth maybe me being a different person today, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And I think lots of people who have been through their own life wouldn't change anything at the end of the day um yeah but that's um all all the things you wish you knew um you wish you knew um are things that are a bit more um shared these days to general society and hopefully it can if if not only just help trans um individual who are looking for answers and to understand themselves but also for the general people um for society to be more understanding in general and be like oh yeah okay this is this is real this is how the world is <laughs> is and and there's no need for hate or you know it's it's just another thing another concept that that exists <laughs> which exactly i i've always um i don't know i, I come from a conservative family uh, in france which might be different than you know conservative Americans, <laughs> um, but when I was really young, uh, I think I was six or seven years old. My mom explained to me the concept at the time of homosexuality, which was a big concept, you know, when I was eight <laughs> or six um, at the time, because uh, nothing was talked about, like you know, at all. If you were not cis heterosexual person, you. There was nothing else. <laughs> um, but she explained it in a very simple way because uh, I was a kid and she just said, oh, you know, some men love men and some women love women. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went on playing with my dolls, you know. <laughs> it was just, oh, okay. yeah, exactly. And she, and she only explained it to me because I asked. Um, I think because at the time she was working for, um, for a, a man uh, who was with a man they were not married because it was not allowed um and i was just like oh okay uh, what why what's going on you know because i saw them and she said yeah that's what it is and i'm like oh okay all right <laughs> and I, I wish it was that easy for everybody to be like yeah that's a concept and it's real and we move on <laughs> yeah if only I, we'll get there someday <laughs> i think yeah, and I, I i do think that all the points that you've mentioned that you wish you knew uh, i wish m- everybody knew you know that that this is real and and then you grow up with with this as a concept just like i don't know you know like the sun goes up and down every day and we sleep at night <laughs> that's another life thing you know <laughs> exactly um my next question is um um, because we are, oh, that's a bit more specific to our community. So, you know, because we, we both come from a very smell dominated hobby. Um, you said you had positive experience from, from that community. Um, but can you tell me about the, the good and, and the bads? <laughs> what was some experience that you had? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so like like i mentioned earlier that like a good amount of people in the fpv community are in fact just very genuinely good people um i would say the majority of them are just either they're 100 percent supportive or they just don't care what you do they just want to fly some drones and if you decide that if you look at them and be like hey just by the way i'm trans i go by she her and my name's izzy and they're just like cool 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 so you want to fly some drones? So it's like, <laughs> they're either incredibly supportive or just really don't care. Like you do you and, and whatever. And 
I think that's wonderful. I think that's fantastic. I think that's exactly how it should be. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like just, and this is true for all things, not just FPV, not just drones, but there are a couple just bad eggs. And I'm sure you've seen, you know, the people listening right now probably haven't, but I'm sure you've seen like my Instagram stories where I mm. just share screenshots from my DMs or things people have said and all that and i kind of just publicly blast people because i think it's incredibly fun but (laughs) there's just some people who like i've received death threats i've received threats of violence i've received people saying like that they're gonna come find me and all that stuff and 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 it's it at the end of the day it's kind of funny it like it's it's not but it is like to me personally like if somebody else is experiencing it i don't think it's funny but like when i'm experiencing it my personally i think it's like kind of hilarious um and it's always funny too because these people are once they realize like their death threats or the threats of violence don't work on me they start telling me like oh well nobody likes you you have no friends and then it's like i look to my left because i have my phone <laughs> in my hand when i'm like at a drone meet and it's like then who are these 10 people <laughs> and it's like yeah it's always funny like how confident they are about their hate when in the same hand i'm like i know you're wrong like Hmm. i'm i'm lucky enough to like have people who love me i'm lucky enough to be in this like awesome community and it's like so yeah sure i i experience you know i experience some hate and some of it is definitely to the to the uh the kind of hate where they try to like give me like death threats and stuff and and it seems so morbid to just say like, oh, you know, it happens, but it, it happens, you know, and it's, I just kind of brush past it because the truth of the matter is absolutely none of these people are serious and absolutely none of these people are going to be any sort of real threat in person. So mm-hmm. I kind of just go about my day, but yeah, That's there's Mitchell. <laughs> mm-hmm. there's definitely some haters, but you know, whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> they do what they want. <laughs> um that's that's good you you're you know taking this this way um but speaking of death threats obviously you know online relations relationships and you know um communication is always very skewed but um abuse and and violence towards trans people are real especially towards trans women for some reason i mean i say Mm -hmm. for some reason but you know women so um is it something that you think about in general concerning your safety and things like this i do actually and like as much as i take like the threats of violence and stuff like that with a grain of salt it's I still definitely get like concerned when I'm like out in public um, because it's impossible to know whether or not I am perceivably trans in public because you look at yourself and you don't really know like you see yourself every day so you don't 100% know how you look to others. So I don't know if I'm perceivably trans. I don't know if people see me walking around and go like, like oh, that's a dude or something like that. So it's, it's weird to not know how I'm really actually perceived and how I look and in the same hand there are some places I had to go within my daily life that are not exactly the safest um so like I'll go to Philly sometimes and, and Philly is generally pretty safe if you know like where where to stay and all that but there's some parts of Philly where it's like I should be here just not only as a trans person but just as a human to begin with nobody should be here or like earlier I went to um 
I went to the DMV, which I'm sure it's different over in Australia, but that's just like America's version of like where you go get your driver's license. Um, mm. And I had to do some some like paperwork and whatnot. And I was in I was in the office, and I was just very much surrounded by a lot of people who I think knew. And I was like, definitely had some people like looking over at me. Like I, and you know, thankfully nothing happened. Nobody said anything, but like, I felt a sense of general uncomfort or discomfort, um, just being there. And thankfully nothing in real life, like out in the real world has physically happened to me yet. I have, I have been approached, um, for using like the bathroom in public. Um, and I was like, I have been approached by like, just some guy <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for like, just like going pee. And he wasn't like violent, but he was like a little apprehensive. He was like, kind of like being like a little mad. And that was incredibly scary at the time it was happening. But I'd say other than just that one tiny little thing, nothing has happened, thankfully. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably constantly I wouldn't say scare, but I'm constantly like looking over my shoulder Hmm. and I'd say like doing that every day is definitely like it, it, it can affect you like mentally. It can affect your, like your mental health and all that. But in the same hand, I don't think that's even just a trans experience. I'm pretty sure that's just a female experience. Like, yeah, I had to look over my shoulder as a trans woman or as a trans person, but I know so many women who just had to look over their shoulder just because they're a woman. So back on that whole, yes, this ter- this experience is terrible, but in the same hand, it's kind of validating. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I prefer it, it to not be a thing, but yeah. Yeah, of course. It's complicated. The I don't think, you know... It's a competition <laughs> on who is most likely to be abused or um, it's receive violence. It's certainly not, yeah. <laughs> um, I, know, I only know as a, as a female, um, as a cis woman, <clears throat> that um, sometimes I get, I get a bit scared by things that are not even um, um, something violent in the first place. Like if someone, one day I was, I was exiting my work and a man uh it was like 5 p.m a bit in winter not really nighttime yet but um a man was running and yelling um obviously it was towards someone further down the street than where i was but i got i got startled i was like what because i couldn't hear what he was saying and he was running like almost sprinting and yelling and i'm like that's it uh (laughs) that's my that's my hour (laughs) um and you know it's very rare for me to to experience actually actions like this, but that's why your brain goes s- first straight as a, as a, as a, as a woman as a you know in general in the world you're like that's it it's a man it's danger <laughs> um, it, yeah it's scary um, or you know every time I I was because I used to walk a lot during the pandemic and I didn't even have dogs to walk at the time I was just walking on my own in my perimeter um if there was a car I was just slowing down because probably they were looking to to park I was getting scared (laughs) and I'm like this is stupid like why no one wants to abduct me (laughs) they would they would throw me back I would start talking about drones and be like oh my god oh my god (laughs) kicking me out (laughs) um no, but you know, again, I'm I'm using humor to deflect. Uh, that's my me- defense mechanism. But it's true. It's something that is slightly in the back of my mind, and I'm thinking, 
uh, even though it's not a competition, I, I I personally think that a lot of trans women uh, have it have it if anything as much or, or worse because somehow society just perceives it as you know um, not weird but um, why some men are like why would you want to become a woman because they have so mm-hmm. not not they don't have much respect for women so they can't comprehend that someone wants chooses to present as woman either so it's just sad exactly. <laughs> hopefully things will change with more awareness and understanding in, in the future <clears throat> a few hundred years down the road i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> we won't be here to see it unfortunately <laughs> um speaking of, of of you know understanding knowledge all of this what, what do you think should be done to help sharing knowledge uh, about trans individuals about you know um <clears throat> identities in general um in society or at least what we called maybe western society because that's where we live in at the moment i would say one of the i think one of the best ways to like learn about and understand like the identities of like a trans person or like their experiences is really just like talk to one you know like i i think it goes the same way for like everyone if you wanted to understand the struggles of somebody who's gay if you want to understand the struggles of like somebody who's you know born born as a woman identifies as a woman or if you want to just like understand the struggles of any other i like what you said earlier perceived minority group um it really just goes hand in hand with just talk to them and, and like have a conversation and actually listen to them because I, I know so many people who say like oh I've talked to trans people or oh I've talked to gay people or all this and it's not even they didn't even have a conversation they didn't listen they just kind of talked at them instead of talking to them um, mm-hmm. so I think probably the best way to learn about a community is just talk to somebody in the community and like I always tell people who I a lot of things that I tell people when I'm talking to someone who kind of like comes at me like apprehensively or comes at me with like a little bit of hate there's been a few times where I've mentioned to them like I swear if you sat down and talked to me for just a couple of minutes I guarantee you'd like me like if you just mm-hmm. gave yourself a minute to just kind of be in the room with me like I guarantee like you'd see that I'm a generally a pretty cool person like we'd probably get along so i think the best way to understand a person and to understand a community is just to meet somebody within it and talk to them it can Mm -hmm. it can do so much for somebody's worldview i think and that and that goes for all of us not even just not even just people who want to learn more about somebody being trans i think it just goes for all of us um including myself including everyone if there's a community that we don't know much about I think just meeting someone and talking to them can do so much good. Yes, it's part of putting um, a human side on on a concept, whereas media and hate groups and you know they have a tendency to dehumanize people. That's one of the mm-hmm. main tactics throughout history. You know, it happened during Nazi Germany, um, putting numbers on people instead of you know seeing them as as humans and so coming back this is a great advice coming back to the genuine human connection with someone is 
the best way to to learn about them and realize that we you know we all breathe we all eat we all poop <laughs> we're the same people exactly <laughs> <laughs> um one of my <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> One of my last questions is a bit personal one. You're aware of it because you've read it ahead. Um, one of my friends is actually currently transitioning. Um, and I've known her longer before the transition, you know, than currently um, um, in terms of time. And it's funny because I considered myself very open and supportive in, in general, uh, not just about trans people, but... Um, it's it's funny how you can still get feelings when you learn about one of your friends having major changes in their life, uh, whether it's transi transitioning or anything else. And my first thought was like I was worried and and scared that um, um, things were going to be different, uh, <laughs> and and that might be my neurodivergent brain. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I was. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what would you say to people like, like me when they start wondering about friendship? Um, how can we best support of, of our friends? Uh, how can we respect them? How, how, how can we make sure we're not hurting them in any way? You know, it sounds like silly questions maybe, but these questions popped up in my mind, definitely. So. No, and, and you know what, they're not silly questions at all. And the fact that you're even asking this question kind of shows that like you're coming from a place of a place of love um i would say one of and i'll i'll kind of answer this question in a way that responds to things i've seen a lot of people do so these aren't things that i believe that you're necessarily going to do but these are just a, a, over the years of being trans and seeing a lot of my friends transition mm -hmm. and all that and seeing a lot of different experiences these are kind of just things i've seen or things i've heard mm -hmm. or maybe even just personally experienced but one thing I noticed that when somebody transitions, whether it's a friend, a child, or a family member, whoever it may be, I hear people talk about like that they're kind of mourning the loss of their friend. Um, like they they almost like see it like they're they're the old version of their friend as like as like a loss, and now they're getting a new person. Um, that seems to be like really popular of an mm -hmm. idea and the way i kind of see that is like you're not actually losing your friend you've 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 found your friend um they've they've been lost up to now and they they have found themselves you found them and they have shown that side of them to you um so i would say like my first thing is don't don't mourn the loss of your friend i would i would say like this is them really showing you them their true selves and you're probably seeing the real side of them for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, another another thing I would say is that I see a lot of people do, and again, I want to strongly imply I don't think you would do this, um, but these are things I've seen, is mm -hmm. don't make it about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people say, like, when they're responding to, like, their trans friend or family member, they say things like, oh, this is hard for me because, like, it's such a big change, or... They say, like, uh, this is going to take me a little bit of time to get used to. Um, mm. these, th these things might be true. And there's nothing inherently wrong with those things being true. But you can kind of keep them internal. Um, mm -hmm. Your friend is not changing who they are. 
your friend mm-hmm. is the same person and looking at looking at them when they transition we have to understand that what they're going through is incredibly difficult and when somebody looks at them and says oh this is hard for me imagine that whatever they're going through is 10 20 times harder yeah um so it's like when they hear that from family members it sometimes sometimes they might hear that and and they understand like it's not from a malicious place but it it can Mm -hmm. be a little hard to hear when you're going through such a hard time in your Mm -hmm. life where you feel like your entire identity is falling apart and you're not really sure what's going on and then hearing like your family members saying like oh this is hard for me or it's going to take some time to get used to it's like what, what they need right now is like like awesome i see you i see you for who you are and I believe in you and I love you and mm-hmm. however whatever you need right now you've got it and it's it's I think really one of the biggest things to just give your friend is just you know I'm here for you mm-hmm. that's all just let them know like I'm not going anywhere you're my friend mm-hmm. I love you and I'm going to be here for you the whole time and and just knowing that you've you're there behind them mm-hmm. is going to do a lot um it reminds me of one story that i was i remembered one of my one of my um old high school friends had approached me after we hadn't spoken for a long time after they had realized that i had transitioned Mm -hmm. and she approached me talking about um her sister was transitioning and her sister had come out and she was trying to like reach out to me for like advice on like how to handle like her sister and all that And one of the things I noticed that was really big was she said, I support my sister and everything, but I'm not going to call her the name that she chose until she legally changes it. I'm not going to I'm not going to adhere to her identity until she, quote unquote, finishes transitioning. And she started all of this by saying, I support her, but and it's like, well, you don't. Mm. So one of the things that I always like to say is like, there is no there is no such thing as finished transitioning that doesn't exist there is there's no point where you're like you're done um it's 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 a lifelong thing and it's just going to go forever so i I guess i would say in relation to that story one of the first things i would say is when if your friend gives you like their identity or gives you their new name or anything like that just call them that thing and Mm -hmm. just that tiny little gesture will do so much for them and i would say just be there for them every step of the way um Mm. and like you know it might get hard there might be some times where they have a really difficult time emotionally or they're they're struggling and just kind of having you there i guarantee you is going to be really important to them because that's the most important thing to me when i was going through it all all my friends who were just simply there for me um Mm will always just hold a special place in my heart like a couple of my coworkers, a couple of my personal friends people like bot who were just there mm-hmm. just unapologetically zero effort they were just there for me mm-hmm. yeah. and, and it's it's really powerful mm-hmm. okay thank you thank you for this um i think it will help yeah no, people absolutely. Who listen you know to the podcast and um yeah, I'm, that's that's the goal, you know. Uh, everything we we said, I'm I'm hoping it it's it's really trying to put people in other people's shoes for for an hour and and then understand that 
you know, it's it's not that hard to to try to think out of the box if if it makes the world a better place. So um, yeah, thanks thanks for answering all these questions today, um, uh, and and for the knowledge you you shared with us. So I guess. Is there anything else that you would like to mention um, that we haven't really talked about, whether it's um, resources to help um, trans people or people in general to understand um, anything uh, or, yeah, just anything else you would like to, to share in, in this podcast? Yeah, so like... Um... I don't know if I have any specific things I'd want to say or any specific resources, um, mm -hmm. but I, I guess I would just like mention if anyone is listening to this and anyone is kind of going through a similar thing or just needs any sort of support system or just needs even just questions answered, um, they can reach out to me however they need to. And I'd be mm. happy to talk to anyone and, you know, be there to do what I can. <laughs> awesome. So what would be the best way to, to reach out to you? So I would say the best way to reach out to me would probably be, um, probably actually be on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. So if you wanted to find me at, uh, at IzzyBoop underscore FPV, that's I-Z-Z-Y-B-O-O-P underscore FPV. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, you can send me a message if you'd like to, and I will, I will happily, uh, I'll happily, happily talk to you. And, you know, awesome. That's very, we'll, we'll, we'll do very a little bit of chatting. <laughs> awesome thank you thanks for you know spending an hour with me and offering even more of your time that's very appreciated um and thanks everyone for listening um hopefully you enjoyed this topic uh hopefully you learned something um if you want to support this podcast feel free to share it with people you know feel free to give it some ratings and uh yeah we will we will hear you and speak to you soon uh i don't know yet when because it's the first season and i'm disorganized but it will happen <laughs> thanks everyone and thanks easy bye-bye not a problem thank you bye